Good morning. We've been uh, living in quite frightening and scaring times at the moment. Please sit down. And uh, I thought it would be good to take an opportunity to just lift our eyes off the problems around us and back on to our wondrous God. So I've got a couple of verses to read from Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to help you come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. So will you please join me in prayer? Lord, we come to you in prayer because of who you are, the only true God the rock of ages, the creator of all things. Your presence fills the whole earth and every space in it, above it and below it. We think that is amazing, but when we look at the Milky Way, you fill it and you surround it because you created it and call the stars each by name. You fill the black holes in space. There is nowhere that you are not. You are so far beyond our understanding and comprehension, and yet you love us as Father. And when we pray, you bend down to listen. Thank you that you are listening to us now. Lord, you know that we are living in very dangerous and difficult times, but this is no surprise to you. Jesus, you told us that before your return there would be wars and insurrections, earthquakes famines and epidemics. It is alarming to be witnessing these things, but because you have warned us this would happen, we know, God, that your purposes are being worked out and we rejoice that every day is a day closer to your coming. But, Father, we still have to live in these circumstances and we thank you that you have not left us unprotected. You have given us your written word to guide us and warn us of what is to come And you have given us prayer, direct communication with you, when we can tell you of our fears and concerns, but more importantly, when we can hear your will for us in the midst of these uncertain times in which we live. We can look back to the mighty and awesome things you have done in the past, raising Jesus from the dead, parting the Red Sea, bringing down the wall of Jericho, and the most recent, the destruction of the Berlin Wall, which was brought down by prayer vigils. God, please forgive us for our lack of interest in prayer, for our lack of belief that you will answer, for our doubt that you still do miracles today, for our preoccupation with our schedules and putting time with you well down on our to-do lists. We have allowed the worries of daily living to crowd you out, and yet you are the source of our life, strength and hope. Lord, we do thank you and praise you for your faithfulness and loving presence in our lives. You care about the big issues of nations and the small details of the lives of individuals. Let's just take a moment now to recall those things that God has done in each of our lives and thank him for them. It is so remembered. It's so important to remember that he acts on behalf of those who wait for him 
and remember his ways. Lord, we ask for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit to refresh us, inspire us and embolden us to trust you more and for your thoughts to take hold of our thoughts. Remind us that when we stay close to you, we are equipped to handle anything that comes. And finally, you call us to pray for our leaders and that is so important in these challenging times. We especially pray for our Prime Minister, who has had enormous load to carry in the last 18 months. Please continue to uphold, strengthen and guide him, Lord. Keep him and his family strong in you, because in addition to his government responsibilities, he has to endure the attacks on his faith and values. We pray the same prayer for the new Premier of New South Wales, Lord Dominic Paratay and his family. Lord, you know we need godly men and women in politics. And we thank you for all of these men and women you have appointed. Please bless and guide them today and their families and protect them by the power of the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. The perfect lead-in to the message today that uh, I have given the title, See, Seek, Find and Follow. There we go. I'm going to build the journey we're going on from the Bible book of Daniel. It's going to be a bit of a snatch and grab from Daniel's journey. Uh, We're going to the last three chapters of the book near the end of Daniel's life, chapters 10, 11 and 12. So firstly we come to C. Daniel was about 90 years old. The Babylonian captivity of Judah was over. Cyrus, the king of Persia, had uh, allowed the Jews to return to Israel. However, Daniel was very troubled. He was still residing in Babylon. The temple rebuild in Jerusalem was not going well. Opponents to the rebuild were causing trouble. Daniel had a revelation of trouble lying ahead. Christ was coming to deliver, but Antichrist was coming to destroy. So what did Daniel do with what he could see, but that he needed clarity and counsel on? That question leads us to seek. We go to Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. There we go. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until these three weeks were over. Now, Daniel got serious in his seeking God for clarity, counsel, and comfort. Now, it wasn't a full fast, but a time of self-denial and prayer. He ate no choice food, no pizzas, no custard tarts, vanilla slices and fruit chocks. He drank no wine, no iced coffee or Coke or ginger beer. He used no lotions, no Babylonian beauty rejuvenation cream 
or Persian Lux soap. But he was serious in looking to God, looking for God on the radar. Now I think Daniel has set a good example for us to follow. The lesson, get serious, go to God about our God, Jesus, faith, future questions. When we see something that we need more understanding on, don't go away from God, go to God. Starting point, is there a God? Is Jesus the real deal? Can we believe in the Bible? These questions, I believe, are big enough for every one of us to look into and not turn away from. A few examples straight out of the Bible. Firstly, four negatives, then four positives. First negative, King Herod heard there was one that was born that was perhaps going to be king of the Jews. Did he look into it? No, he was just angry. He thought, I'll wipe him out. So he sent his soldiers to kill all the little boys in Bethlehem and around under two years of age. When Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, he claimed in the message that he was the anointed Messiah. What did they do? They drove him straight out of the town to a cliff and they wanted to push him off and kill him. They didn't think it through but simply judged this man as being a crazy son of a local carpenter. When Jesus delivered a man possessed by a legion of demons in the region of the Gadarenes, the man was completely healed. The people in the nearby village heard the news and found the man sitting, dressed in his right mind. Just a very moving scene. Here's this demon-possessed man now sitting, dressed in his right mind. Yes, 2,000 pigs had run and drowned in the Sea of Galilee when the demons came their way. But what response of the people of Gadarene? They had more concern for the loss of their pigs than the healed man. They said to Jesus, clear off, get out of this place. When? Well, finally, that was three. Finally, the big thoughtless negative. Instead of seriously, openly, honestly thinking it through, the religious leaders and those they led simply shouted, crucify him. Positive examples. When the shepherds were watching their flocks by night and were visited by angels who said, a saviour has been born. And if they headed into Bethlehem, they would find a baby lying in the manger. The angels left. The shepherds said to one another, let's go check this out and see if it's true. What about the wise men in the east? They saw a star that looked special. They decided it spoke they discerned it spoke of the birth of one born king of the Jews. They made a decision to follow the star. They got on their camels 
and journeyed 1,000 kilometres to see if it was true. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a member of the Jewish ruling council, he had heard Jesus speak and saw miracles occur. He wanted clarity. He'd seen something that deserved inquiry. He came to Jesus under the cover of night. What about Zacchaeus, the despised tax collector? He heard that Jesus was passing through his town of Jericho. He was just a short man. There was a big crowd. So what did he do? He climbed a sycamore tree to make sure that he would see Jesus when he passed by. So four examples of, I don't care, I'll do it my way. Four examples of, I do care, I will look into this. Okay, the result. Firstly, back to Daniel, who's been praying and fasting. We go to Daniel chapter 10. Here we go. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystallite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale. I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking and I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. Do you know who that was? It was a Christophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. If you look to Revelation 1, verses 13 to 15, when the Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos, he had an almost exactly similar vision. It was Jesus. Back to our other examples. The destiny of those who don't care, who don't seek out the truth, look for God. Isaiah 65, 12. Message translation. Well, you asked for it. Fate it will be. Your destiny death. For when I invited you, you ignored me. When I spoke to you, you brushed me off. You did the very things I exposed as evil. You chose what I hate. What is death? It's separation from God and his amazing plan. What was revealed... What was the result of those who cared and sought out the truth? The shepherds found Joseph, Mary and the baby Jesus. In Luke 2.20 we read, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. The wise men followed the star to Bethlehem. They found and saw the child Jesus and bowed down and worshipped him. They presented him with gifts and headed back home, another thousand kilometres, satisfied and sanctified. Nicodemus, his night visit to Jesus, gave him substance to surrender to Jesus. 
we read that in the daylight hours he accompanied Joseph of Arimathea and took Jesus' body off the cross and to the tomb. And he, along with Joseph, put spice on Jesus' body and wrapped it in strips of linen. Zacchaeus, he got far more than he expected. Jesus saw him up the tree, called him by name and went home with him to have a coffee, cake and chat. Zacchaeus repented of his sin. Jesus said, salvation has come to this house today. See, their seeking, their effort, their serious effort brought them to God. Yes, they all came to Jesus. But Jesus is the way to God the Father. Jesus said, I am the Father of a one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I want to say, there is nothing like an encounter, a revelation of Jesus to clarify, to encourage, to console as we work through the questions and challenges that life brings our way. So for Daniel, the shepherds, the wise men, Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, and us, and everyone. A revelation of Jesus makes a difference in life now and into the future, eternal life. What a quote, Barry Webb. Barry Webb. It's a great quote. To be servants of God or not is a personal decision that no one of us can avoid. And the consequences are eternal. There will be a new world, but God will not force us into it. The choice is ours. I'd like to just read to you from this book, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. For much of my life, I was a sceptic. In fact, I considered myself an atheist. To me, there was far too much evidence that God was merely the product of wishful thinking, of ancient mythology and primitive superstition. Let's face it, even a cursory examination of the evidence demonstrates convincingly that Jesus had only been a human being just like you and me, although with unusual gifts of kindness and wisdom. I just read through philosophy and history to find support for my scepticism. Sure, I could see some gaps and inconsistencies, but I had a strong motivation to ignore them. A self-serving and immoral lifestyle that I, would be, that I would be compelled to abandon if I were ever to change my views and become a follower of Jesus. As far as I was concerned, the case was closed. It wasn't a phone call from an informant that prompted me to re-examine the case of Christ. It was my wife. Leslie stunned me in the autumn of 1979 by announcing that she had become a Christian. I rolled my eyes and braced for the worst. I had married one Leslie, the fun Leslie, the carefree Leslie, the risk-taking Leslie, and now I feared she was going to turn into some sort of sexually repressed prude 
who would trade our upward mobile lifestyle for an all-night prayer vigil and volunteer work in a grimy soup kitchen. Instead, I was pleasantly surprised, even fascinated by the fundamental changes in her character, her integrity and her personal confidence. Eventually, I wanted to get to the bottom of what was prompting these subtle but significant shifts in my wife's attitudes. So I launched into an all-out investigation into the facts surrounding the case of Christianity. Setting aside my self-interest and prejudices as best I could, I read books, interviewed experts, asked questions, analysed history, explored archaeology, studied ancient literature, and for the first time in my life, picked apart the Bible verse by verse. I plunged into the case with more vigour and with and with any story I'd ever pursued. I applied the training I'd received at Yale Law School, as well as my experience as legal affairs editor. And over time, the evidence of the world, of history, of science, of philosophy, of psychology, began to point towards the unthinkable. The date was November 8, 1981. It was Sunday. I locked myself in my home office and spent the afternoon replaying the spiritual journey I'd been travelling for 21 months. I'd asked questions and analysed answers with as much an open mind as I could muster. Now I'd reached critical mass. The evidence was clear. The one remaining issue, what would I do with it? Looking back nearly two decades, I can see with clarity that the day I personally made a decision in the case of Christ was nothing less than the pivotal event of my life. So beautifully illustrates what we're talking about. Now, it may be sounding like this is a message to challenge those that have not made their peace with God, to think about it. Well, yes, if that's you, but I believe it's a message to us all. Daniel knew God. He fasted and prayed about the present and near and distant future. Have we got a present and near and distant future to pray about? His world and the world to come. We should look to God to help us make the most of the moment and know how to face the unfolding future. An encounter with Jesus will give us enlightenment. Jesus' advice, I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Now I know it's a fact that we don't always get a perfect answer to our seeking but I believe we can get enough truth revealed for us to build on it. So heading back to Daniel 10, 11 and 12, we have looked at seek, sorry, we've looked at see, seek and find. And now it's time to follow, to follow Jesus, to put our faith in Jesus, in God, to listen to look into and live by what he reveals to us. And this is where the snatch and grab comes in. 
We're going to look at the words spoken to Daniel that I believe are words that we can apply to ourselves. And there's scriptural backing, New Testament scriptures that support every one of these words. Now, there's some debate now as to whether it was only Jesus or whether Gabriel, Gabriel the archangel, accompanied Jesus. There's some debate as to uh, who the actions that follow and the words that follow were done and spoken by. That's not a problem. Whoever it was, the heart of God was expressed. So firstly, acts and words of encouragement. Remember where we left Daniel? He had lost all strength and fell to the ground when he saw Jesus. So what happened next? Here we go. A hand touched him. I'm waiting for the hand to touch him. A bit further. Daniel's on the ground. Oh. Now Daniel's lying flat on the ground. For Jesus or Gabriel's hand to touch him, you know what that meant? He was lying flat on his face. It meant that they would have had to kneel down. What a beautiful expression of God's love for us. And Jesus demonstrated this love in his ministry. He was gentle and humble of heart. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus did just that. Next, Daniel heard the words, stand up. God appreciates our humility and reverence. A vision of him would be absolutely glorious and it may well overwhelm us, causing us to fall before him. But isn't this wonderful? He wants us to stand on our feet. God wants to talk to us face to face. He values us. He respects us. And I don't believe it was a command, stand up. I believe it was a gentle, Daniel, stand up. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. Next, the words, do not be afraid. God doesn't want us to live in fear whatever the circumstances, God's words to us all, fear not, I am with you. You know, if God's for us, we don't need to fear. The all-powerful, all-wise, all-loving God, if he's for us, we don't need to fear. The Bible tells us that God is love. If we humble ourselves and accept his love, his perfect love for us will drive out all fear. God before us, who can stand against us? Next, the angel or Jesus said, Your words were heard. I have come in response to them. Daniel's prayers were heard by God. His response, he sent Jesus, a pre-incarnate visit of Jesus and the Gabriel and the angel Gabriel. Jesus said, Always pray and don't give up. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, we're told by Paul. So our prayers don't just waffle. God listens. He listens. He hears them. 
We read, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Next, he touched Daniel and gave him strength. God's touch can give us strength. He touches us through his spirit, through his word and and through his people. Hebrews 11.34, he turns our weaknesses into strengths. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. How? Through Christ who gives me strength. And Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Then finally the word peace. The words peace were spoken to Daniel. What does it mean? Rest, harmony, contentment, quietness, wholeness, reconciliation, salvation. But perhaps I think the best description of peace is simply this. It's okay. I'm in God's loving hands. Jesus said to us all, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Daniel was encouraged by this touch and these words. I trust that we can be encouraged by God's touch and these words to us. Moving on. Daniel now says, and these words are recorded in chapter 10, verse 19, if you want to go there. I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. Remember, Daniel had been fasting and praying. He was concerned and confused about the future of Judah, his people, and the Gentile world. He had had previous visions and revelations that caused him to be so worried. And so he was going to God and asking for clarity. You worried about something? There are things you don't understand? We need to go to God, seek him for clarity. Now, here's the bombshell, so to speak. The Lord answered Daniel. He said, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. He said there's going to be wars and rumours of wars, nation rising against nation, dictators, antichrist, a pervading spirit of antichrist. His own people, Jews and Gentiles, will turn from God to their own way. Many will run to and fro, just running to and fro with no idea where truth was, frantically running around. In my words, lost and undone without faith in his son. Now listen to this. Jesus' words. No different to what he told Daniel. John 16.33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Similar words that were spoken to Daniel. We're in the same world. We're living in the very time zone that God spoke to Daniel about. But it's not all bad news. Daniel had a revelation of one who was going to come and defeat the devil and his antichrist and take dominion over all the earth. 
There was to be deliverance for those who followed God faithfully. Death was not the end for believers, but resurrection would lead to a future life. We read in Daniel 12.1, The great prince who protects your people will arise. Now we have a great privilege, greater privilege than Daniel, because we have a clearer vision and revelation of the one, the great prince has arisen and protects us, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John 1.12 and 13, All who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to be children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband willed, but born of God. What a privilege. We're children of God through Christ if we have taken his hand. We're in the family of God. Jesus confirmed and clarified what Daniel had been told. Trouble in the world, but triumph for his followers who live by faith, not fear, safe in his loving arms, a resurrection and life in a new heaven and new earth. The final advice to Daniel, the last words in the book. Daniel 12, 13. As for you, Daniel, go your way till the end. You will rest and at the end of the days you will arrive to receive your allotted inheritance. So this is the advice to Daniel. Go your way. Give life your best shot. Are we listening to these words? Because they're spoken to us as well. You will rest. Yes, death will come, but no fear. It will be a rest. You will rise. Resurrection awaits. A new body to clothe your spirit soul and an inheritance in God, God's future plans. Good advice to us. Give life our best. Serve God wholeheartedly with the strength he provides. Rest in Jesus, this side and the other side of death. Look forward to an amazing future. The best is yet to come. And so, in summary, our journey with Daniel today. Seek, sorry, see, seek, find and follow. As we follow... Be encouraged by God's love and wise advice. So here we go again. Follow with faith. Be encouraged by his love, the touch of his hand. Stand up. God wants us on our feet. He so respects and values us. Don't be afraid. No need to be afraid. God watches over us. Our prayers are heard. God is attentive to our cry. He will give us strength to be and do what is good and right. Be filled with peace. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts. Give life our best shot. Serve God wholeheartedly. Rest in our relation with him. Our salvation is secure.
and look forward to an amazing future. It's going to be good. My last words. In fact, God's last words to Daniel and to us. This time from the message translation. I like them so much. I hope you do. Here we go. And you, Daniel, each one of us, go about your business without fretting or worrying. Relax. When it's all over, you'll be on your feet to receive your reward. Amen? I'd just like to pray a little prayer. God, we thank you that you're there. Jesus, we thank you that you're real. Thank you, Lord, you, you're almighty God, and yet you kneel and touch us. Thank you that you speak to us words of great encouragement. You call us your children. We don't have to fear, you're for us going to be with us all the way there may be trouble around but you're going to look after us we thank you for that so God today we give you thanks in Jesus name Amen if you just like to stand we're going to finish with a song. Thanks, Dave. Isn't it just incredible that, you know, God just calls us to follow him and he, he prepares us for the journey and, and he's just waiting to receive us in heaven. As we sing today, let us be able to come before the Lord and really just be vulnerable before him and say, God, you know, I need you on this journey. I want to follow you. I want to walk with you by my side. listening to Dave that um, seeking, seeing, seeking, finding and following God doesn't change lifestyles. It 
changes mindsets and emotions. It changes the way we experience things and how we approach things. It changes how we perceive ourselves and it changes the things we value. I think it was fascinating to see the transformations that people had in different ways through seeking God and allowing Jesus to reveal himself to them personally. Um, it might not have been what they expected. You know, Zacchaeus uh, gave his old life away and his ways of thinking and experienced personal renewal and freedom through forgiveness. The wise men, you know, trekked across the nation and were able to personally experience and partake in one of the most historic moments in humanity. Why don't you uh, join me as we close in prayer? God, we thank you that you welcome us to stand face to face with you. We thank you that you hear us, that you strengthen us, you give us forgiveness, wholeness and peace. Amen. If you'd like uh, to speak to someone personally today or if you'd like to pray with somebody, um, there is a prayer room at the back of the auditorium. You're welcome to go there and uh, spend some time one-on-one with with people and get some personal prayer as well. Um, Otherwise, for everyone else, go into your weeks in peace and uh, stay for some fellowship. There's plenty of tea and coffee and time to hang out you can take your mask off if you've got a coffee and sit down so that's always a bonus all right thanks everyone have a good week